0: And greetings from the Blue Ridge Mountains of Southwest Virginia. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to our Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Just want to let you know at the beginning of the program, I'm working from our our daughter and son-in-law's home in a small room. There's a little bit of an echo in the room, and I apologize for that. We don't have any particular soundproofing, but we're going to try to do our best today. Today is Tuesday. We have a busy day ahead of us besides putting together this radio program. And I want to share some news stories today, some of the things that that's going on in the background. Now, I had a, a fascinating letter from a listener. And normally, I don't share a whole lot of stuff from listeners, especially if it's quote complimenting me I don't need to you know I'm not trying to inflate my own ego but there were a couple of things that were said in this particular email and if I can get my glasses focused here real quick I like to share just a, a few things here's what this individual a listener to truth to ponder wrote me and it came in actually this morning as I was getting ready to start producing and getting the program ready. He said, Dear Bob, you did a great job yesterday. That's Monday. You spoke from the heart, and we all can relate. Now, he says he's only 51, but, but he finds himself valuing time and salvation more than money and material things. He went on to say he... He thinks when we reach a certain age, we realize that we have less years ahead than we have behind us, and of course, our perspective changes. Now, uh, you said a mouthful right there. Now, I I am 67, so I've got a a few years on you, and my wife and I, we are in Virginia, not just so much to visit family, and, and yeah, of course, Mother's Day is a great time to visit a daughter. I understand that. But there's a lot more going on in the background. We've reached a place in our lives where what is the next chapter of our ministry? Now when I was, in, when I was around 40 some odd years of age I planted a, a church and, and it took off and it grew and I planted a couple of others after. So I have experience in that area. But do I have the physical stamina to do all of that again? And if I don't, How do I help plant churches? What should I be doing? Am I in the right place where the message would be received? Is it where we need to be at our age as well? Because each passing year, we're going to be getting a little bit older. And things like staircases, depending where we live at, could be an issue having to understand the changing times in which we are is going to be an issue now let me get back to this email that i received this morning and and this listener wrote then time has always been our enemy and i think that's why there are no clocks in heaven and right my late wife once told me something that stuck with me for years she was a tennis player in high school and i knew hardly anything about tennis I just thought you ran around chasing a ball with a racket and and the person who missed the most shots lost. Well, she said you have to pick and choose which shots you go after and which shots aren't worth the trouble. Some aren't worth the effort because they can't be made and you end up just wearing yourself out before the match is over. You have to pace yourself, make wise decisions and decide where to put your efforts That's so true in life as well. We all need to think about that, especially now. Now, I want to pause right there. And he said also, let me just add this. Like you, we live in a different time now and in our decision-making capacities are more important than ever. He prays for wisdom and discernment every day. Satan is going for broke. And now our job is to be the light for people who are lost. Our jobs are to keep the body count as low as possible in hell and to win souls for Christ. He then shares, I sit in a cubicle every day staring at a computer for a paycheck. I've been praying for a door to open so I can contribute to the kingdom and feel like something is going to happen. But I don't know what that is yet or when. It'll happen in his time. Then he asks to and then he prays for my strength and, and ministry and, and and to take care and he wishes God's blessings upon me. Well, I gotta tell you, I needed to read that this morning more than you'll ever know. I I'm just a person, I'm just an individual, I'm just doing my little thing, so to speak, in this this radio program. I'm not some big monstrous TV show with a following of of thousands or hundreds of thousands who send millions of dollars to, to maintain it. This is a small and humble effort in this radio program that I produce. I just felt there was a need to have a legitimate voice giving legitimate news. And giving hope in a very hopeless world. And I felt that shortwave radio, I'm still a believer in this technology, even though, yeah, I know it's antiquated. I know that most people don't even know what you're talking about if you talk about shortwave. But I recognize that in these very changing times in which we live, it is a way to communicate When the Internet is censored, it is a way to communicate when there are so many podcasts out there. How do you find? I know that some of you do listen as a podcast, and I'm thankful. I know the effort it takes to to get the podcast distributed. And if all I had was my podcast audience, I'm not sure if the effort being put in would be would be worth it. Like was written in this uh, email. You have to decide which shots to chase, you know, and when you're playing tennis, which ones can't be made, which ones are just going to wear you out. And while the podcast is a great, you know, addition, the fact that it's distributed on a different platform outside of radio, the program is still geared to be primarily a radio program and, and how it may grow in the future. I just don't know. But I really believe that this little program that I have is benefiting those people that God has called to hear it in places all over, over the weekend. I I had an email from somebody in the Atlantic uh, region of Canada and who listens on a regular basis on shortwave on the frequency of five, nine, five, zero kilohertz. And he, like many Canadians that I've heard from over the past several months, are listening to the broadcast, mostly on 5950, occasionally 9395, and hopefully in the future, as it is discovered, farther to the west on 9455 kilohertz. Still believe there's a purpose why we are on shortwave. Right now, my wife and I, and i know yeah i promise we'll i'll be getting to some news stories in just a moment we're trying to discern this next chapter in our lives now i when i was like 18 or you know 20 21 22 when i first got married many many moons ago i figured by the time that i got to be oh i don't know 65 i would be just an old codger all worn out you know in my rocking chair and retired and enjoying my, you know, my golden years. And I just don't, while it's nice technically being retired, so I don't have, uh, shall I say, an earthly boss telling me what I have to do with, with every hour of my day. I realize I still have something left to give to God's kingdom. This radio program, I I understand, it's a part of what I do. But there are other things that I have done in ministry that have been put to the side. Now, a lot of it had to do with the, you know, COVID-1984 scenario that's been going on for over two years. Churches were shut down. Back in 2019, I never planned on doing a daily radio program, trust me at the end of 2019 my wife and i were planning to perhaps launch a mission church in florida and maybe another one in north georgia western north carolina south you know northwest south carolina maybe east tennessee that region we were just feeling there would be a a good a good location but all that, as you know, got tossed to the wayside because all of a sudden everybody was fearing the virus and we were being told that, you know, this deadly virus was going to wipe out millions of people in the United States alone in the, in the matter of months. So prepare for the for the darkness and death because there is no vaccine to save us. Well. If you've listened to this program, I think you understand the rest of the story. I I just can't believe. I cannot believe. Well, yeah, I can. The Biden administration here in the United States wanted to raise billions of dollars more for their corona fighting efforts because it's going to be another winter of darkness and death for the unvaccinated. So they claim. They made that claim for Christmas of this past year and it didn't pan out as they say and it's not a pandemic of the unvaccinated as they've tried to claim. We've been lied to on that front and my fear is simply this. Because of the world in which we live, who's going to be ever held accountable? We can get to the truth We can see the truth out there if you're willing to look for it. But the mainstream media is bought and paid for, even Fox News. I'm sorry. There are a lot of stories out there that are thoroughly legit, but they don't want to touch them. They don't want to go in those directions because, see, that may hurt their financial bottom line. And there's one of the issues with larger networks. Money talks. Money is the motivator. And you, you can do certain things to get a certain audience, but there are certain lines you can never cross when you get big enough. And because we live in a world with a reprobate conscience, well, the MSNBCs and CNNs frankly don't care if they lie or not or make stuff up. And that's what they do. Some of the nonsense that comes out of the mouths of those talking empty heads at MSNBC cnn and and abc cbs all of them it's amazing and they really believe their own lies to the point of their own detriment and the brainwashed and you know indoctrinated just follow in lockstep and believe everything they're told and they have lost the ability of common sense and reason so I, i look at this email that i got this morning As I was trying to think, what could I share with you today? How do I explain what I'm doing in the background and what I'm trying to discern? And this is where I need your prayers this week. More than I've ever needed them before. It's not about the radio program. The radio program will be here as long as God wants it on the air. That simple. But where should we be doing it from? What else can be a part of this ministry? Because I really think, and this is something that I can't put my finger on it. I know a lot of you know this unrest that I'm feeling. The world that we knew, the world that we knew is never coming back. I just have seen this vision in my mind over these years that, The enemy of our soul takes, you know, two steps forward and we get we get one step. We get to force it one step back and we think we have some some great victory. Look at all that we accomplished. We have a great victory now. We've won a battle. But I don't I don't know how we're going to win this culture war in the long run. I don't see the world coming into this big time of revival like we've seen in days of old. I think we're coming into the days of Noah in ways that even Noah would never have believed possible. We live in a time of mass delusion that has been bought on to individuals by individuals because of what they have wanted and desired and the rejection of God Almighty. We have gotten, in many ways here in the United States, the government that we deserve. That's right. We've gotten the government we deserve. The most reprobate, I mean, ungodly administration that ever has occupied the White House. Yeah, this is it. This one is it. Biden is a figurehead. You know that, and I know that. The man has got issues. He can read for a while, medicated off a teleprompter. Beyond that, he becomes a, well, he just babbles on and doesn't even know what he's talking about. And these forces that have wanted to do this desire of their heart, which I think is thoroughly satanic, whether they realize it or not, they're doing, they're doing Satan's bidding. We worship the earth. I saw a news story. This comes out of Australia. And I know I have an audience and a following in Australia. And and I'm trying to verify the accuracy, but looking at the source, they tend to be very accurate. And, And this headline, this headline that I saw, I found rather disturbing. And hopefully, in a, and maybe within a day or so, I'll get a, an email back from one of my sources to confirm this. But this comes out of a source that has been generally pretty reliable. And it says Premier, Premier Dan Andrews of Australia is working on passing a bill that, ready for this, prohibits people from growing their own food. I'm trying to verify this to make sure that this is accurate because sometimes you get these misinformation stories out there and this agriculture legislation amendment bill has had its second reading and they're saying that you know biosecurity is the reason that they want these changes so it's something that i'm just i'm wondering i'm just wondering you know is if this is true which and here's the, here's the sad part. It wouldn't surprise me at all if it isn't. Let's go back to the spring of 2020. You know, April, May of 2020, even the end of March for that matter. We all remember the two weeks to flatten the curve. And, you know, you know, the most difficult part of, the, of two weeks to flatten the curve is always the first 18 months. Look at what happened in certain states. Not every state here in the United States. It's one of the things we have a micro... We we have 50 individual states that don't have as much power as they should or used to have, but they still have a... They still wield a pretty good amount of power over, over, you know, within their boundaries. And so we go back to the spring. The spring of 2020. And... You could only go to the Walmarts, your big grocery stores. In other words, the big box stores were allowed to be open, restricting the number of people coming in and coming out. The liquor stores and lottery stores were open because they're essential businesses. Remember that. Buying a lottery ticket is, is totally essential during a, during a deadly pandemic. And so what do we, what do we see happen in Michigan what did, what did Gretchen Whitmer do in Michigan? You, mem- you remember Gretchen Whitmer.
1: I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too.
0: <laughs> so what was Governor Whitmer's plan? What did she want to do? Well, if you went to the Home Depot store, you know, the big box stores that were safe to go to when, you know, the local little Ace Hardware wasn't, or the locally owned store wasn't, you can go to the fast food window at a McDonald's, but a lot of restaurants they were closed because they're deadly. They're going to kill you. What little edict did uh, did Gretchen enforce? And without the you know without the consent of her legislature, she just did it as a as a as a tin horn dictator. When you go to Walmart, when you, or if you go to the Home Depot. You're only allowed to buy certain things. You're not allowed to buy garden implements or seeds or things to make and grow food. Now, I don't understand what the logic was in that. I didn't know that growing food spread the coronavirus, but apparently in Michigan, it did. And Governor Whitmer decided that you're not going to grow food. You cannot buy garden implements. You can't buy anything, fertilizer, none of it. You must only get food at the approved stores that we have approved for you so you don't get covid. This is the kind of idiotic nonsense that we had to endure in 2020 and 2021 and we're still enduring it in some places. So so why would somebody why would somebody in Australia even be thinking we don't want you growing food? It's a biosecurity thing, you understand. You think that at a time when world leaders in Europe, Joe Biden here in the United States, the man-child of Ottawa, Justin Trudeau, You would think that all of these people looking at some of the issues we are going to be having with food shortages, supply chain shortages, fertilizer shortages, you'd think the idea of encouraging people to do simple things like composting, digging a little victory garden. We did that during World War II, if you i'm sure a lot of the folk that did that are no longer with us but i'm saying i knew from my parents and grandparents these little tiny victory gardens that people planted in their their backyard to take the strain off farming so there'd be food for the war effort you would think that in in this day and age especially in places in the United States where it's so easy to do. Yeah, I know you can't really plant a victory garden in most of Manhattan or most of Staten Island or Brooklyn or or Queens or any of that part of New York City. I get it. Most of metro Atlanta is not going to be a garden spot. It just doesn't work. But you get to places like where I'm at right now in southwest virginia where you know you have room on your property you have sunshine you have soil you have all the makings to do what our what our forefathers and foremothers did years ago something that I did many years ago and and kind of miss I used to love the time during the summers, and I'm, I'm thinking 20 and 25 years ago, going to the farmer's market, going to the neighbor that had a, you know, a, a big garden and, brought you know, buying things like fresh corn on the cob, buying things like pole beans, buying things like tomatoes and you, okra, you name it, fresh in the garden, you can't beat it. And we learn how to freeze and can. And I learned how to can a lot of things I didn't know that I could do. I learned how to, years ago, even make you know, orange marmalade from oranges. Are you ready for this? That came when I first moved to Florida many years ago in the, in the late 1990s. The, the first place that we, we lived at, uh, the little house that we leased before we were able to buy a house had three big orange trees back there. So we made orange marmalade. Next house had one orange tree and a grapefruit tree. And we learned how to do things with those little fruits that were right there. We have the capacity to do a lot of things to take the strain off the system if that's the case, because, you know, we we keep hearing that people can't find people to work and they're having to raise the wages and, you know, it goes on and on. And there's there's shortages of this shortages of that. And food prices are going up and they're skyrocketing. We went from energy independence to energy dependence, including depending on Russia of all places. They don't like to talk about that, but it's true. The leadership in the world today, and this includes this reprobate, delusional White House in Washington, D.C., and their allies in the Democrat Party. They are out to make you serfs and servants to the elite. And they got the perfect president to do it. President who's a moral reprobate. I think he's crooked as the day is long. I mean, he's crooked. I mean, how does somebody become worth millions upon millions upon millions of dollars with multiple houses? And we're not talking cheap houses. We're not talking a little, you know, cabin in the woods. We're talking beach, you know, we're talking property in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. That's not cheap, trust me. How does somebody own you know, these mansions, how does somebody have all of this money on a senator's salary? Because you're the only way I can figure you do it is you sell out your office and you sell out your country and you don't care. One once again, and I hate to remind you of the obvious, you know, these clowns, these reprobate clowns. And, and I call them that and I call them that in kindness because of the words that really are coming to my mind. They're going, they're going out of their mind over what the Supreme Court may or may not do regarding Roe versus Wade, the decision that was improperly made back in 1973. They're all getting really upset that their Moloch worship infant sacrifice may be in danger. That's what it is. Moloch worship and infant sacrifice. I'll get to that in just a second. People like Nancy Pelosi, I am a good Catholic. Well, the Roman Catholic Church teaches that abortion is murder, it's a sin. Oh, but I don't believe that. But I'm a good Catholic, and I expect to go to heaven when I die. And I will pay somebody to, you know, throw some holy water on me to push me through. And that's pretty much the Biden idea. I'm a good Catholic. I have a rosary in my pocket. Well, I'm sorry. That little plastic rosary is not going to save your eternal soul. You're living in a delusional world. You have been struck, as the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians, you have believed the lie. And you have been given over to delusion. And that delusion, short of coming to Christ and getting your life straight, is never going away. What the Bible says, and this is hard for some people to accept, but it's very plain. I mean, it's right there in the open to see. There are those that have decided, who have made a conscious decision. They have been given the truth, and now they have rejected it to buy the lie. And they have bought into the lie, according to what Second Thessalonians teaches, to their own damn nation. Period. Period. They have sealed their fate, knowingly and willingly. And I think for many in our federal government today the talking heads at MSNBC and CNN and, and and many of these news networks, they are facing an eternity of damnation and separation from God for eternity. And they laugh. They don't care. They laugh at you. They laugh at me. They laugh at radio programs like this as being silly and ridiculous. And they want us to believe that somehow uh, – all the inflation of last year, all the beginnings of shortages and, and rising fuel cost and food cost of last year had, was all tied to Putin and, and Ukraine. And people believe it because they, they don't have the ability to use common sense and even dig through anything anymore. Our educational system. Its goal is to create, you know, you remember, I know I have a break coming up and I'm going to have to get to it really soon, but I I can just hang in here with me. How many of you remember an individual by the name of Phyllis Schlafly? She ran an organization called Eagles Forum. And I I can remember when I worked at a Christian radio ministry in, in Georgia that had radio stations in Georgia the Carolinas, Florida, and they, we had affiliates all over. She had a program. And she made some interesting statements in the late 80s and early 90s. That, that, that at the time, I wasn't certain. I'm not saying that I denied it. just I just didn't see it yet. And she talked about this. This She talked about the National Education Association, the idea of school to work. Um we need more drones, so to speak. And her, her concern back then was how the schools would be used to dumb down the ability of people's critical thinking, and then they would have their job, whatever it may be, in society after schooling. Now, that schooling could include college and a university. And she pointed out that these colleges and universities by that time had already been overrun and taken over by the radicals of the 1960s. They were now the ones teaching. Look at it today. You're now in your, your second and going into your third generation of leftists that run many of our institutions of higher learning, including state-funded institutions. If you don't believe me on that one, Florida, look at Florida for, a, for just a moment. In Florida, you have our governor, Ron DeSantis, who I, I think personally has been an outstanding governor. He's given the state more freedom than most others have had during the corona, you know, pandemic, plandemic, whatever you want to call it. And you're seeing even counties like where i where I, we, we spend a lot of our time and that turning a little bit more conservative which is unusual but if you look at gainesville gainesville florida alachua county that's where the university of florida is located and if you look at the voting In and around the immediate area of Gainesville, Florida, it is heavily Democrat, heavily Socialist, heavily leftist. And the next county south, Marion County, well, it's very conservative. In other words, because the university is there in Gainesville, Florida, it becomes this big blue pimple in a very red region. And the same is true anywhere in the United States, it really is. You're finding the leftists have moved in and taken over our universities entirely. Well, I do do. I really do have some news stories that I want to share, and a little bit more about what we're doing here in Virginia, and why I need your prayers, and why I believe this radio program needs your help and support moving forward. We are in our going into our 22nd month real soon. Hard to believe. And we need your support to keep this thing on the air. If you can help us financially to pay the airtime bill, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. And if you do, you can mail that to Truth to Ponder. The address we're using, hopefully in the not-too-distant future, maybe in several months from now, we'll have a nice permanent address and office and and place to tell you about. We're working on it. But the mailing address for now is 5753 Highway 85 North. 5753 Highway 85 North. And the secure box is number 3248. That's number 3248. The city is Crestview. Crestview, Florida. Crestview, one word. Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. That's 32536. You can also support us from the website truth2ponder.com. truth2ponder.com. We will be right back, and I've got a lot more to share. This is Truth to Ponder
1: with Bob Beerman, The Moon Pledge coming up. Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can, so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift that you're going to love and you're going to get in a moment. The full moon, real significant in the Bible. They mark key dates in the ancient calendar. It was considered the fullness of the month. In the middle of the month was the full moon. Now, interesting thing, in a Hebrew marriage, the groom would have to visit the house of the bride, and there he'd give a gift for her and pledge his love to her, and And she would pledge herself to him. And they would share a cup of the covenant together. And they would pledge each other to each other the ketushin, it's called, the betrothal. And when would that happen? When would the Hebrew groom pledge his love and life to the bride? It was considered to do this. The best time at the full moon. Under the full moon, the covenant was made. At the full moon, the groom pledged his life to the bride, and the bride received the pledge and gave her pledge to him. Under the full moon, they shared in the cup of the covenant. They pledged their life. Now, Messiah gave us a cup of the covenant, the last supper. He shared in his cup, his supper. And then he died. He gave his life on the cross. When? On Passover. When was that? It was the 14th and 15th of Nisan, which was the night of the full moon. When he died, there was a full moon. He was buried under a full moon. Why? Because he's the bridegroom. And the bridegroom pledges his life, gives the pledge. When the full moon comes, he gives his pledge. So he has given his pledge to you, a pledge even beyond marriage. How do you respond? You pledge yourself to him, and your love your all because the covenant is given and so it must be sealed under the full moon and he has given his covenant and pledge to your life you do the same to him want more ask for the gospel of the moons now feeling like your walk with god could use a real spiritual boost we got the answer free subscription to sapphires warning uses directed can change your life for victory and the incredible mystery of the temple doors You'll love it. It's all free. How do you get it free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. So, just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. And I invite you to minister with me in two of the most exciting ministries, to be in the word of life around the earth, to every tribe and tongue, and to Israel, the Jewish people who gave it to you. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now, you can write direct. Just write to the nice Jewish boy. That's me at box 1111 Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey, 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy, box 1111 Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey, 07644. Until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying he pledged himself to you. You live a life of pledge to him. In Messiah, Hechatan, the bridegroom of your life.
0: Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder here on Tuesday. I'm your host, Bob Beerman. So glad that you're here with us today. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, we are broadcasting from Southwest Virginia. And this is where the this is where we get really close to Tennessee, North Carolina, and even Kentucky this is the part actually not even that far from West Virginia it's where a bunch of the states meet in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains and we're up here visiting of course the daughter and and son-in-law and trying to find direction in in the next chapter of our lives let's be honest the pandemic changed a lot of our priorities so many people thought that things were just going to be going wonderfully back in 2018 and 19. And here in the United States, we thought, you know, come 2020, we're going to keep the House and the Senate, we're going to get it back and, and Trump is going to win and, and the world's going to be a wonderful place and, and jobs will be plentiful. How many people believe that in 2019? And then, surprise, surprise, we began to hear stories just out around Christmas time, not big ones, about some kind of a, you know, some kind of a virus in China. But that seemed like a million miles away to to those of us here in the United States or, or those anywhere else in, in the Western world. You know, that's China. Weird stuff happens there all the time. As long as they keep making our TV sets and stuff to buy at Walmart, you know what, you know that attitude, why should I worry about it would come into play. But then that virus escaped China made its way into into Italy. And then the Imperial College of London did their magic and made these dire predictions for the globe that if we don't do something dramatic and drastic, we're just gonna die and keel over. We're all gonna die. And it's gonna be unprecedented. And the numbers coming out, they were scary. And remember, what did you and I know about that at the time? Not much, this is not an area of our expertise. Now, I'd worked in emergency management, so I'm just gonna, I'm just playing this thing early on that this could be a real pandemic and a real problem and a real issue and how long is it gonna to take to go through, go through the population of the earth before it becomes an endemic. That's pretty much what we were looking at. And, and I was asked to come out of retirement of, as I've told you dozens of times on this program, and I walked into it with eyes open and willing to do what needed to be done because, well, we were thinking it's a very real threat. And I based a lot of my work on those faulty predictions that increasingly were self-revealing to be a bunch of baloney. And after about 60-some-odd days going toward 90, between 60 and 90 days, I can't remember when, I realized this is nonsense. This is not what they're claiming it is. This is a bunch of, I mean, it's not true. These numbers, these tests, these deaths, there's something wrong with this picture. I'm looking at these dashboards where I can see a lot more detail than, than you hear on the media, and I'm going, there's something that's not right about this. And so I walked away. Now, I didn't plan on doing a radio program. I didn't plan on any of this at that time. I just knew it was time to walk away. And I picked up my wife at our home in Florida. And not fully understanding what we were facing, we decided to go to our little place up in the mountains. And call it isolation, call it whatever you want. We have family that is staying in the house down there. And at our age, you know, once again, we don't know. We're talking now, we we are talking, you know, roughly May of 2020. What do we know in May of 2020? Well, we know a lot more today. But the more I started reading and studying and spending time and also spending more time in God's word, something told me that I needed to do something and share information. And the idea of truth to ponder came to mind, and I didn't know. I, I'd actually thought about, I, I'd got a hold of a little green screen, and I had a little camera. I'd thought about doing maybe just a, a few minutes a day or a few times a week, uh, like a little video about the news and, and put it in light of God's word. Maybe even take the camera outside and in, into the beautiful, you know, near maybe a stream or in the woods and just, you know, share from a peaceful place, you know, that peace of God that passes all human understanding and give you hope. And and I was debating that. I I played around with the name. I played around with a domain name for a website. This is how the program was starting. This is, we're talking now probably maybe June, and I'm still, still not ready to get started, but I know that I need to at some point. And I was on the phone with an individual in Florida. Just out of the blue, he called me. And it's one of those kind of phone calls. It's somebody that I know and somebody I enjoy talking to, but one of those kind of people whose lives are so busy that you never get around to calling each other, except on the rarest of occasions. And is a very godly man. And, and I, I think the world of him, a very self-made individual, God has blessed him financially in the work that he has done. And he takes so much of what he has made to plow it into God's kingdom and to share the good news of the gospel. And he just called me up and said, you know, hey, Bob, how are you doing? What are you doing? What do you think? And just on and on we went. And I wasn't even gonna mention what I was thinking about the truth to ponder concept, maybe a little video thing you could see on your computer or your smartphone, just to give you some hope and encouragement. And we got talking and and I said, you know, I said, I'm thinking about putting something together and and I I shared the idea. And then, of course, he knows me and he knows my background. He knows what I think about radio and shortwave. He goes, well, why not do it on radio? Why why, why be another one of those podcasts or video casts that are out there? There there's so many of them, you know, you're going to get lost if you do that. Why not just do something totally different? You know, get on the radio, get on shortwave. And I said, well, there's one problem. I would get on shortwave tomorrow, but I have to pay for the (laughs) airtime. With a little video thing I put out, you know, it would be nickels and dimes. I could afford that even on my retirement income. He said, well, how much would it cost to get started to try it out? And I said, well, I don't know, but I have a guess. And having done some work around shortwave stations I, and, and having, let's just say that I, I kind of know how it works. And I gave him a price. And he said, well, fine, I'm going to mail you a check. Where do I send it to? Well, I was kind of, I was floored. I'm sitting, I'm going, are you sure about this? He said, absolutely. Well, th- that would be enough to cover about the first three months of the program on shortwave and i accepted his gift and the check arrived and this is probably toward mm, we're, we're getting into mid-july i guess when we really got to that point early july and so i started trying to figure what airtime i could purchase and found a price how would the program be a half hour, one hour? What would you know, what would it take, when what times are available? And so for the next several weeks, I started putting together the the basics of what we now know is as the program Truth to Ponder. And produced the first episode that ran on Monday, the last day of August. It took about a month to get everything ready to go and cover the airtime into October. And I think even into a little bit November. And, and I, I just left it in God's hands and said, OK, if this program is something you want me to do, then this is here we are. So I started doing the program. And the first two months I was concerned, you know, OK, I'm, I'm hearing an, an, an occasional email and I'm getting an occasional visit to a website, but I'm getting concerned. Did I did I misread something here? Did I do the wrong thing? And then by the time we were ending the amount that had been prepaid, the first support for this program started to to come in. And by the next time an air bill had to be paid, the money was there. And we've added some stations in time since then. And you have been faithful. And I really believe the program needs to expand again. Now, I'm not going to get into that at all today. I look at the news headlines around me, and I do this every day. Americans are getting smarter. Canadians are getting smarter. The places they want to go, the places they want to visit. You go back three, four years ago. You know, a lot of people wanted to be in the Big Apple New York, but not, as, not anymore. Some of the big cities in the United States are becoming absolute disastrous sewers. They're becoming full of people that are literally having serious mental issues. I think it's satanic delusion. We live in this age of transgenderism and this and that and the other. We are we have all these wars. We're juggling all of this stuff in the air, this nonsense. And while we're worried about the johnny depp trial or whatever it is i i i've seen bits and pieces and i care not to waste my time but while everybody's worrying about that while everybody's worrying about the supreme court and let's put this into perspective i am pro-life as pro-life can be but just getting rid of roe versus wade if you think that's going to end abortion in the united states it is not It throws it back to the states. Do you think that New York, do you think that California, do you think that Illinois and many other states are going to, New Jersey, are going to walk away from abortion and make it illegal? Of course not. If anything, it'll become easier and more plentiful and even later term in those reprobate government run states like new york you know, speaking of which the governor there who was at a church i don't know how many months ago saying i need my disciples to get everybody vaccinated yes we have to get vaccinated will you be my disciples too in a church of all places i i have to wonder about that church well she's got covid but she's thankful that she's like quadruple or triple vaccinated and has boosters and what have you And and the reprobate mind can't see that the people that are coming down with COVID now are fully vaccinated and boosted. The ones going to the hospital now are fully vaccinated and boosted. The ones that are dying disproportionately are fully vaccinated and boosted. And answer me this question. Why do we have so many people in their working ages Mysteriously dying of things that are not COVID. Why are we normalizing heart attacks and strokes in children and teenagers? We never did that before. But we're certainly doing it now. Why did Pfizer want 75 years to release the data on how they got their stuff well, approved, and also for their emergency use authorization. Why would it take 75 years? They got it done in a record time. Why Why can places like Sweden have a lower death rate in Europe despite avoiding all the strict lockdowns and mandates? And why can they declare the pandemic to be over when other places can't? Why is China using this pandemic? to shut down so much of their industry, which inevitably is going to cause shortages. (laughs) Let's be honest. If you don't understand this, China's zero COVID policy has nothing to do with zero COVID because the leaders of that country don't care if you live or die. You are just an asset. And besides, there's too many Chinese people as they would tell you. That's why they have the the, the, the limits on children i mean that's simple as can be that's why they have limitations on the number of children you're allowed to have to to get rid of overpopulation so they don't care they don't care of that person in china that's making your apple computer or your your iphone they don't care if that person dies They don't care if that person starves to death. They don't care about them at all because they are satanically inspired reprobates that hate God, love their power, and are drunk with that power. And they want to be a world player. And so how do they do it? They use their people as underpaid slave labor, control them, And so when you buy that new television set, the new computer, I mean, look, we we use these things. We have to, unfortunately, but where are they made? (laughs) They're not made in Texas. They're not made in Georgia. They're not made in Ohio. They're made in China. I can remember working in manufacturing for broadcast equipment. Back in those days, I used to buy a lot of stuff. To build broadcast equipment. And I think virtually every part that I was buying in the eighties and early nineties, even though I'd been already I'd already left and gone to work for a, a, a Christian college, I still consulted and came down to work with that company on a number of projects. Capacitors and and coils and tubes. Yeah, they were still popular. You know, these big ceramic tubes for high powered equipment and relays. All of them were made in the United States. And the transmitter was manufactured in the United States and shipped around the world. Today, I was reading an article the other day, a company that has been making broadcast equipment. This is their 50th year. They started in in the spring of 1972. And they were you know, talking about when they started, they used to buy their transistors and their resistors and all the parts and pieces and what have you. All made in the United States, but over these 50 years, all those parts now are sourced out of Indonesia and mostly out of China and a couple of other locations. We just don't make things anymore in this country. We are dependent on this international economy. And when when countries like China and Russia want to disturb the world, they just have to shut down uh production of things that we need like fertilizer and we don't make fertilizer in this country much anymore we import it it comes on a boat people forget that it's hard to find things that are really made in america anymore you know we we, we have a shortage of new cars why because they can't get chips from china or other uh pacific rim nations now, before I run out of time on today's program, I, I want to share just a few more things. These are important. So what what are we doing in, in Virginia? Why are we here? Don't you like it in Florida? Yeah, we do. But there are several things that my wife and I have to recognize that where we live out in Florida currently. In time, we are not going to have any family that will be near us. We'll be kind of very isolated and a long ways away from everybody. That's inevitable. If our Lord should tarry, when I'm 80 years of age, who's going to be around? And travel for us may become increasingly difficult, and we can't always count on people coming to see us, number one. Number two community that we live in currently is getting a little bit more crowded and i can see in several years from now it's going to be harder for you know as i get older do i want to be driving among people that are you know shall we say in heavier traffic and and zigzagging to get from point a to point b no i i just don't feel it number two number three what ministry do i have left Besides this radio program, what else is God calling me to do? And and I just have been talking to others, and it's kind of like, you know, I don't know exactly how this is going to come together. We've thought maybe we buy land and, and have a small place and make a retreat center. Well, that may or may not happen. Maybe we need a house in a small town near those kind of things that we can help develop. Maybe not so much where we are. But have a little bit of elbow room. Yeah, because I don't mind growing food and canning it i don't mind helping others i I would love to continue this ministry i would love to help train others on how to plant a church or two for what i call the church of the time we're coming into because the church as we know it is going to be forever changed oh we're getting some of it back and how fast we're going to forget how many churches were shut down in 2020 and also through 2021? How many have closed their doors never to come back? Not far from where I'm at right now. There's a church building for sale. I could I could get it. We could actually afford to buy it. But is that what God would want me to do? I don't know. We're trying to discern that. So please pray for us and this program and other programs like it that I believe need to be on shortwave very soon. If you believe in our message and our ministry, and I'm sorry that I didn't get to everything, I'll get to it later this week. If you believe in our message and our ministry and want to keep us on a short wave, go to our website, com. The address, the mailing address is there. Other ways to give are there. And if you can help us, consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address is 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248. We are in Crestview, Crestview, Florida, and the zip code is 32536. That's zip code 32536. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website